everybody. Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler here. What's up? And we've got our good buddy, Mr. Stephen Paul. Stephen, how the hell are you doing? I'm good, man. How the hell are y'all? It's, I'm, we're good, <laughs> man. It's good to be back in Nashville. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, Isn't it? It feels like we're we're doing like an out-of-body experience, like looking down on like all of this. Like, is this real? Is yeah. this 2020 a real thing? For once or? in the city, Broadway is seen as the evil that it truly is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Whew, it's it's a, getting bad down yeah, there. Yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy, but what if, what have you been up to? How have you been doing? I've been good, man. I was uh, when when quarantine first hit. I was down in Louisiana for about two months, and then I've kind of been back and forth since then. You know, uh, as you know, most of our writing sessions are online, so everything we're doing is online. And I had some shows there for a little bit while Broadway was opening just a tad bit, um, but then that kind of all got shut down again. So basically, I've been writing and sitting at home staring at a wall. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I feel that, dude. I've been all over God's creation. We just got back in town. We've been... Yeah, so me and Matt went up to Delaware for two months, basically. Yeah. A little bit over two months. It was like 10 or 12 and weeks. Delaware's a cool place to be, like, right now during the summer. You're because right. it's, like, on the beach. and you Perfect got, weather. It's a short town. We were up there in March, so it was the off-season. Listen, it, man, it was- I literally, like, it was the last week I was up there. It was the first week, last week of April, first week of May. And legit, I was still wearing a Carhartt jacket and sweatpants. Oh, he's from Lower Alabama. Yeah, he's a he's yeah, a South no, Alabama yeah. guy. So you get it. You're a Louisiana no, yeah, guy. Yeah. So it gets cold. And up I, there. I literally flew from Baltimore DC airport to Houston, Texas, where my girlfriend lives. And I got on the plane with sweats and that jacket and got off and immediately like took them off. Oh, like man. dude, it was it was terrible. I literally went from forty five in DC to ninety five in Houston. Jeez, yeah. man. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know it. Most Christmas mornings, we're in shorts and T-shirts. I mean, like, well, it's I just and, hot I, and I'm out yeah. there shoveling snow. Exactly. <laughs> what, is, see, I, what is that? I yeah. don't know what that is. I grew is. up an hour from Pensacola Beach, so we'd go to the oh, beach for yeah, Christmas. Yeah, it's even more hot where yeah. you are. I'm in North yeah. Louisiana, so we get a little bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's still hot. Don't see, get me so wrong. I but. haven't been to Louisiana a ton, but I've been through your town. I've been yeah. Through, we've been through Monroe. And some things I love about Louisiana, I've been to Baton Rouge, or we've been to Baton Rouge. He's probably been to L.A. a bit more than I have. Um, yeah, quite a few times. But, um, yeah, so Baton, <laughs> like Rouge, Baton Rouge was cool. We did the Texas Club. Okay, Baton yeah. Baton Rouge is pretty dope. And Monroe was really cool. We yeah. were at Live Oaks, which I know you have you have some history there, right? Yeah, so that was really the place that I started cutting my teeth in, in music. Um, I played at a place down the road um, from Live Oak called Pickle Barrel. And then I would play Pickle Barrel and I'd play Live Oak. And Dustin Underwood, the guy that, that runs the sound and pretty much gets all the acts and responsible for people getting there, awesome guy. Um, you know, he gave me my first chance to play music. And, you know, I was probably terrible. But, you know, like, that's what's cool. Like, he he brought me in and was like, here, man, you're a hometown guy. Here's your chance. And I've, you know, those those still today are some of the, the best shows I've ever played, you know. That was actually my first sold-out show ever. We actually went against the fire, I think the – the fire marshal, whatever yeah. the the limits, like maybe five hundred people, but we we put like six seven hundred people in that that bad boy, and you know it was it was cool, man. Like I don't know, there's something about playing in your hometown that's just special. Yeah, and the the folks in Louisiana are awesome. Yeah. Um, and I've and I've heard I've learned the term. I first learned it when um I went to a Frank Foster show that my buddy was opening up for him out out near Memphis, and I learned I learned the term coonass. Oh yeah, and the energy of just folks from Louisiana, just the Cajuns, and just that lifestyle, most welcoming people. Yeah, y'all are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Some of the but when y'all kick it back and have some fun and get wild, y'all get wild. Yeah, and and. I'll give you a little history lesson for those of you out there listening. Um, so North Louisiana is where I'm from, which is more of like the country side. Yeah. And then once you hit Alexandria, which is about halfway down the state south, that's where it gets Cajun. And so people, a lot of times they'll they'll ask me, man, you don't really sound like you're from Louisiana because I'm, I'm just a country boy, you know? And I'm like, well, all right, there's a big difference. There's, there's coonasses, there's Cajuns, and then there's country folks. So, like, there's it's almost like an imaginary line, but it's a real line. Once you get Kinda about half- like, you know, like where I'm from in Alabama and stuff, like I live right on the Florida line. Right. That, like, north panhandle of Florida is just south Alabama. Yeah, extended. exactly. You know, they are basically just south Arkansas. Exactly, yeah. I'm telling you. But, yeah, the people down there are awesome, man. I miss... I'm, I'm, I miss, I miss home. I miss the food. I'm sure, you know, yeah. we were talking about yeah. that, right? Hey, so you, um, so if you're driving in Louisiana and you pull over to like a gas station, like a good old, like mom and pop stop, what are you getting for food? Cause I'll tell you what I got. I really so liked it. there, I know like, like bowl peanuts are like a big thing. Yeah. Um, I, that's never really been my thing, um, but you can get like cracklings, you know. And uh, yeah, I had those; they were excellent. What, what did you get? Boudin balls. Oh, boudin balls. Well, you went to the good parts of Louisiana because, yeah. like, a lot of gas stations don't have that in North Louisiana. But once you get you further what I south, got there, 
I got some duck wing ta- uh, quesadillas. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I haven't had boudin in a long time, and that stuff is good. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did you think? What was your, like, experience? What did, uh, I'll you, tell you what. I learned quickly about Louisiana food. I, I immediately, like, so my first time, what the guys like to do, me being a like damn Yankee. Yeah. Well, they like, they like to mess with me and, like, tell oh, me to so get, tell, tell me to get, like, these things. So, like, we'll go into, like, we'll be in, like, bumfuck somewhere in Mississippi, and we'll go in, and they'll be like, ooh, you got to try the chicken gizzards, southern delicacy, you got to eat gizzards. Oh, and then we uh, let him go first, yeah. and so he orders uh, it, and then we walk up to the counter like, yeah, let me get the chicken tenders. Like, I was, I was wearing I was wearing my, my Yankees hat, and the, the, the old ladies, the, the nice, sweet old ladies at these gas stations or at these little stops, they were like, are you sure? Are you sure, sweetheart? you sure you want to get these gizzards? I'm like, yeah, let me get them. I'm oh, in Mississippi, God. why Pickled not? quail eggs or something like yeah, that? They, they watched, they, 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 would, they were looking out the window watching me eat them. So Louisiana, I it's like say, hazing. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a rite of passage. Oh, oh yeah. But now, now you're a part of the family. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've been no. inducted. Yeah. I've I've loved the the We're still balls. Gonna fuck with them. And then the <laughs> and then the crawfish at a place that you've been at Cormier's. Yeah, I believe y'all are at Cormier's. Yeah. Um, there's there's several places around there, but they have some of the best crawfish. And in we town. and we were there. It was it would be February? Yeah, was it was the we last were. weekend of February. Yeah. So that was basically the very beginning. So crawfish season is springtime. It does run into the summer, but basically the height of crawfish season is during the spring. Um, that's right. When when all the restaurants are are doing and the crawfish are their best, so you you came at a at a great time, you know, yeah, right dude, there at the start were, of spring. Were, I tell you what, massive. the thing that sucked is the night before I'd split my oh no open, and like I kind of had to like glue it back together. Well, that day peeling crawfish and stuff that opened uh. back up. I could only eat like two and a half, three pounds of them because the seasoning was getting into that cut and was like I couldn't feel my thumb, but it wasn't like. One of those sensations that like it was burning, but it right. wasn't ever going numb. Uh, and I had to like call quits. Y'all, y'all love your shit hot. We do. It's it's very hot. I mean, it's I introduced spice. Some, I introduced them some good jambalaya that uh, I make. Whew. Yeah. So, so we put Tony's on everything. I don't know if you know what Tony's. I've is. heard of it. So Tony Shasheries is like the seasoned salt of especially Louisiana, but a lot yeah. of the South too. Um, you know, it's like you ever heard of that spice called Slap Your Mama? Yes. It's kind of yeah. like the same vein. You know, it's that that really spicy. Uh, Season salt kind of thing. We put it on what everything. I had up in Jersey okay, or yeah. up in Delaware that's putting on everything. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes everything taste better. Yeah, you know, like you put yeah. it literally on everything. Yeah, dude. I've I've I like Louisiana a lot and I can't wait to to go back there and, and check it out. So with with sports too. So y'all had a pretty good football season, huh? Yeah. I mean, I kept man, as as an LSU fan and being on the same side as Alabama, like you always, you know, like, man, I think this is the year, but at the same time, you don't want to get your hopes up too high because it's like it's Alabama. I mean, like they got a heck World of a tied. program. Exactly. <laughs> they, I mean, they took our coach. I'm not going to talk about it, but uh, he left you off for something he else. Did. He did. I can't blame me. He's trying to move his career and whatever. But uh, and so you're always kind of waiting. You're like, man, we got a really good season, but you still got to get over Alabama. Like that's the the big brother and. This year, man, I just kept waiting. I was like, man, I, I want to get super, super pumped up, but it's like, uh, but they just, I truly believe they were one of the best college football teams ever. I mean, yeah. they just, they just had a once in a generation yeah. team from top to bottom, top to bottom. I mean, everything fell into place where, you know, with Joe Brady coming, like literally everything just worked perfectly. It's like the yeah. stars aligned and they didn't miss a beat. You know, even the national championship, it was close at first, but that was because they started inside their five yard line, like the first three drives or yeah, something. Yeah, field position was tough. And then all of a sudden they got some, you know, and they just, it's. And to win it in New Orleans, uh, to win it in Nola. Yeah. You know what? The the very first LSU game I ever went to was when did they win the first national championship? 2003? Two or three? I should know that. But that they played that in New Orleans as well. They played against uh, Oklahoma. And uh, that was my first LSU game. I was, shoot, I was, I was young. I was in middle school probably, and I remember the the very first play of the game. Justin Vincent, who was the running back at the time, broke like seventy five yards of the house, and that place was so loud. Me and you could not have a conversation. Like yeah. it was, it was insane. So I can only imagine, yeah, what what this year it sounded uh, like. Um, it's funny. I just thought of this. Basically, the whole Alabama LSU game. Usually, how I'm an Alabama fan, by the way. I'm from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. But usually, it's like the scene in Hot Rod where Hot Rod goes down to the basement to try to beat his stepdad. And Alabama's (laughs) the stepdad. Yeah. It's like you just, you just, and once every now and then we are sick and he can beat us. But like for the most part, I remember when it was like the games were like six to three and it was like those defensive battles. The George Jefferson years. Yeah. Mm. Those were the games. I'm a big defensive guy. Like I love just a good, like, I do to an extent. Like, 
I, I still want there to be some scoring, you know, because I don't like a field goal Which game. is why you love a guy like Joe Brady coming oh. in. To, to, and, and for him to have a guy like Joe Burrow at his no, disposal. I don't, I don't like, what is it, like, out in Texas, like, they're scoring, like, 60 points yeah, a game. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, where every fun. athlete plays on the offensive right. side of the ball. It's like, no, no, no. A good score to me is, like, a 21-17 game. Perfect. Perfect score. You know, there's there's both great offense and great defense and, you know, time management, all that thing. So, just slinging it up in the air. And I will say – had to have been healthy. I think it's a different game. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he does in Miami. That's an interesting place. Yeah, for him I to mean, go. I, think, I think he sits a year. I don't think he starts this year. I think they sit him a year and purposely flunk out the season again, and then they get a good offensive lineman in the draft. That way, they can protect him because he's shown in college that if you don't protect him, oh, you're, you're he's going to yeah. get hurt. And, I mean, you think about it. That's every quarterback. I mean, it, it starts. You got to have. You got to have a line. I mean. Especially in the NFL, because you I'm, get... I'm a Giants fan, I you know. Get, you get, yeah, you get know, max, what, three seconds in the NFL? Yeah. And you know, if that three seconds gets cut down to two seconds, I mean, what a world of difference that makes. Oh, so. yeah. It ended, it ended. Well, that's the Short, thing. Like, shortened it, Eli's career. We talked about exactly. this before. We talked about this before. Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, the years that he's been really great, he's gotten that three seconds. Last two years, he's got less than 2.5 seconds to oh. get the ball off, and you see what it's done to him as a quarterback. You can't let those threats like Julio and Calvin and Sanu and we had him get open if you don't have the time to throw. It's got to develop, right? The, yeah. the routes help. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy, but that's where that's where it all starts in the trenches. I mean, you know it. It's it's you got to start up front and protect your quarterback, and that's you know a lot of people give the quarterbacks flag because it's all about you know they can't get hit or whatever. And I understand it to extent, but at the same time. If you lose a quarterback, you lose a franchise, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, it's all about protecting the franchise. And if, you know, you you lose – I mean – And really, like, baseballs that are not baseball. Sorry, I'm making another point here about baseball. But, like, football is that one sport where if you lose your star quarterback, you're done for the year pretty yeah. much. Whereas in baseball, if you lose your ace pitcher, you can still maybe put it together to right. where – Because it's not the – the ace pitcher in baseball – isn't playing every single game. He's one of five, yeah. Yeah, he's one of five. Yeah, he might be your best, but now your second best is going to be your best. You know, like, you get replaced. But, like, quarterbacks in football, like, they are that and your left tackle. Yeah. Or your blindside tackle, you know, is your most two important players on the field. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's crazy, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it was a great year for LSU, and, you know, Saints had a good year, too, even though they didn't didn't win the Super Bowl. But, you know, we can't win it every year. But So you didn't go to LSU. You went to Louisiana Monroe, correct? So I started at Louisiana Tech, which is in Ruston. I don't don't know if – did y'all ever play uh, Rabs or the Revelry? Um, Uh, Probably. We played the Rev Room. In no, Arkansas. That's, that's, that's something different. Revelries, yeah, we haven't played there yet. Okay, I'm sure you all will eventually get there. It's a really awesome venue um, in, in Ruston, Louisiana, where Louisiana Tech is. So I started at Louisiana Tech, went there for three and a half years, and then I finished up at Louisiana Monroe. What, so, What were you studying in college? So I kind of did a crazy route. So I was a smart kid in high school. I graduated valedictorian in my high school of West Monroe, and so I thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor or something like that because, you know, if you make see, it. I can see it. You're if you very make, well, You look like a freaking yeah, doctor, yeah. you know? Well, if if you make good grades, you know, you know you've know, you always heard, like, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, all these, like, th- things, these upstanding jobs or whatever, and so I actually went into tech, and I was in biology my freshman year, and up acing all my classes, but I was like, man, this is this stinks. Like, I, I don't want to be a doctor. Like, this, this isn't a passion of mine, like, I hope, you know, I want whoever my doctor is to really care about medicine. And I was like, that's just not a passion for me. So I switched over to electrical engineering, actually, and did that for two and a half years. And I was just about to graduate, and I decided I didn't want to do that either. So I was like, I'll tell you what, that was the most awkward conversations I've ever had to have. So I wanted to transfer from Louisiana Tech, which is on a quarter system, to Louisiana Monroe, which is on a semester system. And I was in the – if you can follow me, I was on – in the winter quarter, and the spring semester was about to start at, at in Monroe. So in order – you can't be enrolled in two colleges at once. So I technically had to drop out of Louisiana Tech to start back in Monroe. So I was, I was in – I believe I was upper-level junior classes, maybe even senior class at the time. And I, I think I had one of the highest grades in just about every single one of my classes. And so I had to go to each one of my professors – and get them to sign a slip saying I was dropping out of college. When they're like, <laughs> and they looked at me and they were like, "Son, I mean, like, is are you are you all right? Like, because they thought maybe like I was being threatened or like, I mean, there's no telling. Like, you, you have a kid that's 
you know, ace in your classes, and then he comes up to you and he's like, man, I'm married, I'm going to drop out. You know, I'm like, yeah. what? Like, what, what, what do you, what, no? Like, I'm not going to. So they're like, son, I mean, I, I kind of advise you against doing this, but, I mean, it's your life. Do what you want to do. And, you know, end up being one of the best decisions ever made. So I transferred back to Monroe, and I finished up with a strictly mathematics degree. Um, so I've, I've got a math degree. I'm a, I'm a math nerd. Um, but then I ended up uh, working in insurance for about a year, and, and I was at the time I was playing some cover bands around town in Monroe, and I was playing at Live Oak. And then I just decided, you know what? I can't do this either. I'm ready to go play music for a living. So I just picked up and moved to Nashville without even visiting here before. And, you wow. know, October will be six years, man. So it's – Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. It's, it was, it's been a crazy journey, but I met some of my – my closest friends I still have today, like um, even in Dawson's one of them. I mean, he was an early friend that I met uh, when I first moved to town that I'm still friends with today, you know. And so I feel like the majority of my friends that I had when I first moved to town are still in Nashville chasing this dream, which has been super cool to have that support system around, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of Louisiana in Nashville right now. Y'all are making some noise. I'm telling you, there for a while was it was Georgia, and they, uh, you know, that a lot of Georgia artists were coming out and you know, it, it all comes in, in waves. Like typically, you know, the way it works is that you, you grow up with these people singing and playing these local bars, then you all kind of grow together. And it's that same way with Louisiana, you know, especially like Laney just signed a record yeah. deal not too long ago. And yeah. she's, How, how'd you, did you know her down in Louisiana before coming up here? Not really. I mean, I had met her before, um, but I don't, I wouldn't like friends with her. Um, and that, that sake, but we've become pretty good friends and I, you know, I just, that's so awesome what she's doing. You know, I, uh, I remember we played a show together back in Louisiana. It had to be two or three years ago and, uh, she hadn't signed a record deal yet. And I, you know, I think she was kind of getting frustrated a little bit with, you know, because obviously she has all the talent in the world yeah. and just things weren't happening, but then all of a sudden they did and rightfully so she deserves it. Um, but it's so cool to watch people that come from, cause she's from Baskin, which isn't too far from where I'm from. And, just to watch people who had this this insane talent finally get recognized and get the platform that they always deserve. Yeah, and, there, and there's some there's some guys coming up behind you too. You got guys like Garrett Jacobs. Yeah, he's man, a, he's a Louisiana kid. You got a, kid, a young kid like Jaden Hamilton. Like oh yeah, LA's getting come yeah. back, man. And then all, obviously like Tim started it all. Yep. You know, and then I mean, somebody Brooks, like C, CJ Solar. C, he's another yeah, one. I, I write with CJ sometimes. He's he's an awesome guy. And so there's there's a lot of underground what i call underground louisiana artists or songwriters that are really starting to make a name for themselves here in town so it's it's really cool i'm you know you know it's just something special about being proud of your home state and like watching people that come from your home state yeah succeed in country music absolutely and you put up a cool picture so my first yeah. concert as a kid was a tim mcgraw concert i grew oh, up man. i was a diehard tim mcgraw fan in my family i would be riding around my grandma's ford windstar listening to the tim on. mcgraw greatest hits the first one that came oh, out yeah. where it had like indian outlaw oh yeah and like um, down on the farm which you talked to, you put up that picture little baby stephen paul with, yeah with um with tim and and who was that who, who else was in that picture was it your, my sister your sister yeah so, so she's a couple years older so than me, what's but. the story of that it was the it was the music video for something it was so he went he went back and filmed down on the farm I, honestly i was i was young and I probably should remember but I don't really remember it but it was somewhere back in northeast Louisiana and he filmed it and from what I heard it was a really hot day and they sang the song a million times like you would think um but I believe that picture was backstage we have to go backstage and hang out with him and uh because you know he went to school in Monroe yeah he's, ve he's very proud of that yeah he's, so it was LA. it was northeast Louisiana my dad went there too so they were in school at the same time but um, it was Northeast Louisiana University, and they were the Indians at the time, um, but they changed to the Warhawks, you know, several years back. But, uh, yeah, man, so it was cool to have that part of history, and I, I was actually talking to another friend of mine. I was like, I know my dad's got some pictures, so I asked him, and he's he's digged through some old photo books, and he sent me that picture of me hanging out with Tim, who kind of looks like kind of looks like Eric Church in that picture a little bit. Yeah. He's got the Ray-Bans and the kind of the, the, the dark. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's cool, man. Yeah, now did you grow up listening? Was Tim McGraw one of those influences for yeah, you? Yeah, man, he was. Yeah, he was, and probably still is my biggest influence. Um, as far as the way I like to write music, especially like his, you know, early two thousands and and before like the early nineties, the just the the storytelling of the nineties country era is so cool to me, you know. And I grew up on those records and the All I Want record. Um, I believe that one has Indian Outlaw on it. Um. I still listen to it all the time. Like just about once a week, I go to that record and try to try to pick it apart and see how I can 
improve my songwriting, I listen to it. So, um, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a huge Tim fan, and it's really cool that he's from Louisiana as well. So it, 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 The 90s, the appreciation for the storytelling and stuff yeah. really shows in your music, especially with your latest project with the Off My Chest EP, which Off My Chest is one of my favorites. Oh, and, thanks, I, and, and that's one where when, you, when you're in town at a writer's round and you're up on stage playing it, people are like, oh, shit, who's this? Like, yeah, you, man. It's, it's, a, it's a killer song, and leaving Louisiana, a big yeah. one for you, too. And a lot of your songs, they tell those stories, like that, that 90s style. And that's, that's what I love especially Tim's his way of doing it he he can tell stories that lyrically might feel a little sad but the music and everything around it just kind of puts you in this I don't know man like I don't know if you remember that song Telluride yes oh yeah so it's that, that was that was my first albums I ever bought it's that type of songwriting where it's like he kind of got his heart broken and in a in a, a mountain town or whatever but it's like it just makes you feel I don't know it feels good so um that's what I try to do and try to channel and toe that line between like you know it could technically be sad lyrics but you know it still feels right and i think i did the same thing with the first song on that record uh, another good by Marie. it kind of is that vein where the lyrics can be a little sad because it's a little bit about a breakup but it still has that energy and like feel nostalgia kind of thing behind it so yeah. and another thing you did pretty recently you posted i think it was pretty recently the off my chest video yeah what was shooting that like you guys were in a jail how what was was that process so randy allen who is um who's he works for a lot of people but his his primary gig he's on the road with chris lane he does all of of chris's stuff and uh i got to work with him i guess we started working together you know within the last couple of years and he's become a part of my team and i told him i was like man i you know because the leaving louisiana video we were just kind of driving through the country and it was it was great it was fun uh and then with the Looking For Me video, we did like a live bar scene at Tin Roof, and we did a live band, and that was awesome. But I told him for this one, I was like, man, I just really want to do something a little more interpretive. You know, obviously, with that song, lyrically, you can go step by step of what exactly is happening start to finish in that song, and you can make a music video exactly following the lyrics. But I was like, man, what if we just did something a little metaphorical, you know, where it's like the worst thing you can do is – break a girl's heart that should be the worst crime right you can do is and, and it's all metaphorical whatever and he had just shot at a jail like a, a, a fake jail um over there in the wedgwood houston area and he's like dude that would be perfect so we brainstormed and he came up with some crazy storylines and my team we sat down and i think it turned out awesome dude and it was it was so much fun becoming an actor for a little bit because you know like we don't yeah. get to do much of that stuff and um Allie, the girl that was the the lead female in there, you know, that was one of the coolest scenes. So at the end, or I guess technically in the beginning of the the video, but it was when we got done filming, we shot that scene. And she's she's fantastic. Like she's like a real actress. Like she's she's awesome. And I I have no experience in that yeah. field. So we're we're literally sitting on a couch like this, and you know, we're trying to portray a breakup scene. And so we start acting, and she made me feel like I broke her heart. Like she was so good. <laughs> The very first scene that we shot was pretty much the majority of uh, the intro of that video. And, like, there was probably 10 other people in the room. And we got done acting, and everyone was just, like, dead silent. And everyone was like, oh, shit. Like, that hurt me. Like, and it was so cool that and – and I gained such a bigger appreciation. Because, I mean, I love movies and that kind of thing. But, like, acting is such an art. And – to sit there and she she's so good at what she does that she was able to put me in a role like I felt like I truly broke her heart and I was trying to get her back and she wasn't having it you know so it was I mean the whole experience was 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 incredible and uh I'm just glad I got to be a part of it to be honest with you yeah, dude it's, it's it's awesome and the fact that you're now you fast forward you so it's been it'll be six years in October yeah now you're putting out you're putting out freaking putting out music videos like you're you're doing the damn thing we're doing it man uh you know we we definitely were hoping for for bigger things this year obviously the world has a lot bigger issues and you know i'm not the only one dealing with it but you know we were hoping this year was really going to be that year that would really set me up for for big things next year and uh obviously it's gotten pushed back a little bit but we're we're still fighting and grinding and um you know we're, we're expecting really big things on the horizon and all i can do now is just keep putting out good music and uh, just keep playing shows and making fans whatever way we can do that these days, you know, whether it be on podcast or, you know, virtual shows, you know, we all, I mean, you know, you have to adjust as well. So yeah. we just have to, we have to adjust with the times and make the best of it. And one day we'll look back like, damn, we, we had a hell of a comeback story, didn't we? Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. 
So I'm 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 excited for the future, and you know, I know you guys are too. Yeah, dude, we're we're trying. What's it been like writing over Zoom? I've asked a lot of people this a lot. More. It was it was a question I asked a lot when we were recording these episodes, not yeah. in person. I was like, "What's it like writing with somebody over a computer, over a phone I, screen?" I tell you what, man, I think it's different for me because I've been here for so long or six years. I mean, I think it's real long. A lot of people, that's not long at all. But in Nashville, man, that's an eternity, right? So uh, it'll be it'll exactly. be two. It'll be. I feel like I've been here a while. <laughs> Do I have wrinkles? I probably I didn't have any last week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a month from my seven years here yeah. in town, and it's just it's crazy, right? It, how it fast feels like it, a lifetime. It does, um, but it also feels like I just moved here yesterday. But most of the people that I'm writing with on Zoom, um, he will even mention CJ. Uh, they're buddies of mine, and so even though you still don't get that that vibe like you do in a room that, you know, I mean, like we're sitting here, we're hanging out. It's just an atmosphere and you don't quite get that. And there's the hardest part to me is only one person can talk at a time on a zoom app. And so like if, if one, I mean, I guess we all can talk, but if one person's talking, it kind of drowns out. Like they're not going to be able to hear me if they're talking cause or whatever. So yeah, that, sure. that's been the hardest adjustment. Um, but other than that, man, I've I've written some really good songs on Zoom, so maybe I'm just spoiled. I don't know, but um, I'm definitely ready to get back in the room with somebody. Um, but you know, at the same time, we all got to be careful, and we got to figure out a way to make this thing short as possible. You yeah, know, no, dude, so we can absolutely. get back to normal life. Absolutely, so we could all get back out on the road. So you um, you've been you've gotten to tour some cool places. Yeah, Where's a place where you're like, oh shit, I'm playing here tonight. Like, I, I ain't in Monroe, Louisiana anymore. Like, Man, I'm trying to think. I've, I've literally last year I played pretty much all four corners of. You know, I was in California, then, then Arizona, then I was up in Pittsburgh, and I was in Florida. So I've, I've played all over the map, man. I tell you what, one of the coolest shows I played um, to date was last year. So Dylan Scott puts on this thing in Monroe. Another Louisiana guy. Yeah, there we so, go. I didn't even mention him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh and he's, you know, I, I think he's he's one song away from being, you know, one one more number one before being like yeah. the man. You know, it's obviously a process and he's had a few hits, but I think one more and he'll be, you know, mega mega star. So yeah. he's already he's already a star, but um but he puts on this thing in Monroe called Bayou Stock and it was a spinoff of what Tim McGraw used to do called Swamp Stock. And, you know, Northeast Louisiana really doesn't have that many big venues for big artists. You know, it has Live Oak, but that's a smaller venue, yeah. you know, five, 600 people. And it's either that or you go to Shreveport to the Century Also, Center. the way that Live Oak is, like, laid out. It's hard, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's like a kind of like an L-shaped Yeah, like thing. like for me, where I was in Merchland, I was over by the front door. Yeah, you can't even see coming. the stage. Yeah, I, no. I'm not seeing anything going on. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, also the way the speakers, they said they were redoing the thing like the yeah. week after we played it they said they were redoing it but like the way the speakers are like they're pointed at that back wall like if you're around that l you're kind of out of luck yeah yeah it's uh it's it's definitely you got to be jam-packed in the front but uh dylan puts on that thing in, in monroe and i played it he's he's done it two years in a row i don't i mean he had messaged me and said that he was going to think about doing it this year but i just i don't see a way it's going to happen but um it's a big festival, and there were about 4,500 people there the first year, um, two years ago. And then last year, there had to be, I don't know, between ten and 15,000 people there. <laughs> that's, and that's a little bit of growth. <laughs> man, it was crazy. And for me to be a part of that, because uh, he was he was a headliner, but Neil McCoy, I got to hang out with him. He's one of, the, one of the best entertainers I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that guy, even if you don't like country music or never even heard a song of his, which I think everyone should have at least heard Wink yeah. or something <laughs> like that, right? But um, – he just draws you in, and I, I tell you what, I, I I gained a lot from just watching him. But like he was on there, and Chris Lane, and John Langston, and so it was cool to to be around guys who have been on the road a whole lot more than I have, and to be able to sing to that big of a crowd, and uh, to have you know at the time I was I was the first act, so it wouldn't completely fool you. But there were several thousand people already there, and to have people screaming, leaving Louisiana. I actually post a video on my Instagram, but. People were screaming, leaving Louisiana back to me, and I actually started like tearing up on stage, man. That's, a, that's a, it's that was that, that was that is that a true story? It is. I'm I'm a very so the first time it happened, I I'm not saying I'm a crier, but I definitely am an emotional I, I, guy. I'm an I'm emotional guy. I feel that, and and I think it's it comes from the place that we work so hard and we play so many crappy shows to nobody, and then I remember the first time. It happened. I was actually at Live Oak in or Live Oaks, whatever the one is here. 
Live Woodham Oak. has an S. Yeah, li- Live Oak is here. Live, Live Oaks, Oaks is okay. down there. Yeah, I get confused now. They both I, have the same I name. I do too. Yeah, <laughs> and I played a uh, I played a showcase, and that was the first time that I stopped singing, and the whole room sang that song back to me. And I did. I teared up on stage. I was like, man, this is this is the craziest feeling, you know. And it happened again at Bayou Stock, which a much bigger crowd, it, several thousand people. In, in Monroe, Louisiana. In my hometown. In hometown. I was like, because some days you're like, man, like, am I doing the right things? Am I writing the right songs? Am I like, is it something I'm doing that maybe isn't, I'm not where I want to be? Or is it just a process? You know, all these things go through your mind when you're an artist and you just, you have so many questions. But then a moment like that happens and you're like, man, I'm doing the right things. I'm in the right place. God's got me right where he wants me. And to hear that back, man, I did. I, I mean, you can you can see the video on Instagram. I had to turn around because I was tearing up, man. And it, it just, you know, it, it's moments like that that keep you going and and keep you keep you working hard and writing songs. It's like because there's people out there that do love you and love your music, and whether you know it or not, they're they're listening. So it's yeah. it was it was a cool experience. Those experiences are always cool. It's always cool to like see other people experience those yeah. you know i always call them the mama i made it moments. yeah and that was one of yeah. those moments man it just you know i mean if i if i never get to play another show it's like that's that's one of those moments that's just like i can i'll be telling my grandkids that story one day it's like and i might be that an old annoying grandpa it's like back in my day shunny uh i had ki- i had all these hot women singing my song you know and <laughs> but you know it's just you know it's it's moments like that 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 truly make this this process which you know y'all see it first saying it's really really hard i mean it's not for being a musician or being involved in music in any way is not for the faint of heart you know it's uh there's a you put all these hours in just for you know an hour of you know a show you know and you, or, or three minutes and 45 seconds right, exactly you put all all like, this money all this time all this exactly. energy i think one of my favorite lines out of a sign out of a song do you know who donovan wood is mm-hmm yeah, that song, uh, Charles Kelly of Lady A cut it, and it's the pour your heart, uh, pour your heart out in three twenty, the one you didn't write for money. Yeah, like that line, like telling you, because like the the songs that typically mean the most to artists aren't the songs that are ever going to be heard by the masses. You know, every once in a while, a song that's really straight from the gut will make it the mainstream. Now, now, is there a song for you that you have right now that that is that? Um, I definitely have, I definitely have a few of them that, you know, eventually I'll put out there, you know, okay. whenever the time's right. But, uh, just some things that I've gone through in my life and relationships I've been in and, you know, in order to move past those relationships, I had to write a song that really hurt while you're writing it, you know, but you know, it almost kind of heals you in the process. I mean, that's why I started yeah. doing it because I mean, for the most part, dudes don't, they don't need a, we don't need to go talk to somebody. We we kind of tend to keep things bottled up, and you know that's just kind of like the macho thing in us. We just yeah. that's just what we do, and uh, so being able for me, I'm I'm that way, and so I like to channel my emotions into a song, and that's the best way I know how to, lack of better words, get things off my chest. You know, yeah. so yeah. like that's just that's just what I do. So. And, like, I think that is becoming a more popular thing, honestly. Like, especially with Spotify and stuff, is people are looking for that realness in songs. Yeah. And you've got people, you know, like the old Noah Gunderson stuff, the a lot of Jason Isbell stuff. you got Donovan Woods. You've got some of the Tyler Childers early stuff. Right. You've got guys like Jeffrey Martin, even, like, people like Billie Eilish. Like, a lot of that stuff, like, if you actually look at the lyrics, like, it's... You know, deep shit. Real. People want real, you know, it's like no matter, no ma- I was talking to somebody the other day about this, but no matter what side of the fence, like, yeah, Luke Bryan may sing a lot about trucks and dirt roads, but and one margarita and like the but one that's, that's on now, yeah. you know, when, when the whole truck thing became a thing, like that's how country folks grow up. Yeah. And, and he's, and, and he's one, not lying about... And, and one of those songs that cuts deep and brings emotion out, maybe not for me, but for like a lot of good old boys, maybe like yourselves, that We Rode in Trucks I'm song. telling you, we that rode song, in trucks, it still yeah. punches me in the gut. Yeah. Like, driving in a pickup truck down a dirt road, that was our life growing up. Like, that's what we did, you right. know? You really lived for that. Like, that was, that was a Friday, Saturday night thing. Like, you rode dirt roads, and that's like, you know, even for me, like, you know, that's nostalgia, man. Yeah, dude. Like, I was back home these last two weeks, and like, you know, I didn't have my truck, but I had like a car on me, right. and like, I even rode some of those dirt roads then, and you just have like, to, put on man. some of that music, and it just it can take you immediately to a place. Yeah, I think I think as long as it's 
it's who you are. And, you know, obviously it was the, it became a popular topic to, to really, you know, sing about or whatever. And so, you know, it's, it's gotten a lot of flag, but, you know, I think no matter what you're singing about, if it's real and it's honest, people will know that. And people just want to hear something that you're truthful about and what really comes from the gut, you know? And so I think what we were talking about, all those things, they come from, you know, a place of, hurt or whatever you know heartbreak and all that stuff so but when when did you write leaving louisiana because did, did that come out <sighs> immediately because obviously the title i mean you're from louisiana you're yeah leaving louisiana what when did that come out of you where, where you got that out there that had to be so i wrote it with alex smith who's also a singer songwriter artist um he's great um that was the first song we ever wrote together and he's from alexandria which is about halfway down the state or we call it Ellick if you're uh, yeah, from you Louisiana. Said, you, said, you said that's that's where the lines. At. That's that's yeah, basically that's the, the line. Um, and so like he doesn't have he doesn't have a country or a Cajun accent. He's kind of in that no man's land, you know, or whatever. But um, this had to be 2017 because I put the song out in 2018, I believe. But um, it was the first time we kind of got to know each other. We got hooked up through a mutual band member. And you know how it is. Everyone shares a band in Nashville. I mean that's that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. I go over to his house, and he knew us from Louisiana. We were catching up, and he's like, man, I got this title called Leaving Louisiana, and we had both been through pretty serious breakups before we moved to town. And I, even, even though I don't think either one of us moved to Nashville because of the breakup, you know, we truly did want to chase our dream, there was nothing holding us there anymore. You know, we didn't have that serious relationship, and it was, you know, it's tough to leave family, but they understand when you go and chase your dreams. So that song just kind of fell out of air, man, and it was one of those rights that just, it just happened. We didn't have to work for it too much, um, and that's really the song that changed my life. I mean, because I, I'd put out a record back in 2017, and, it, you know, I love that record, but it just, as far as numbers and exposure, it just really didn't do a whole lot. And so when I put out Leaving Louisiana, which is still probably my most successful song streaming-wise. Off My Chest is getting there. It is. so Off My Chest is getting there. Off My Chest is very, it is more popular on Apple. You know, I don't know. I don't know how the whole game works, but like, you know, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. But it it streams, I think Off My Chest has like five or six times the numbers it has on Spotify, which is crazy. I mean, but, you know, a lot of people are going to Apple Music, and so I don't care where you listen to it as long as you listen to it, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that was really that. That song is very personal to me, but also not only because it's it's true, but it also is a song that really gave me a jumpstart in my career. You know, that was I think every artist kind of has that song that really grabs people's attention and kind of gets them become a true fan. Um, and that was a song that did it for me, and it's still it's, it's still my favorite song to sing. Yeah, um, now, now you've put out the two. It's two EPs that you've put out so far, right? Yeah, two EPs. Um, I released "Leaving Louisiana" and "Looking for Me" as technically singles, um, but they're both on that that EP as well. Yeah. So, do you think with the second one, like the fact that more time went by and you got to live a little bit, you got to live in Nashville, like the story of what that's telling is maybe just deeper than what the first one was? I think or what so, is man. It? And I think I've also grown. You know. Back when I put out that record in 2000... Was it 17? Seven, early 2017. So basically all those songs I had written in 2016 or 15, like first couple of years I was here. And I was I was very green as a songwriter, and I love those songs. But, you know, I've, I've really... I think I've really figured out who I am as an artist and really grown and narrowed it down to what I like to sing about, how I like to sing it, the way I like to sound, you know. Um, it's kind of somewhere in between. It's it's definitely not pop country, but it's definitely not traditional country. It's just kind of somewhere in that that hybrid middle ground, and I think that's where my music falls. And um, obviously, everything I sing on is going to sound super country the way I talk, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it's just it's it's my brand of music, and you know, I, I I'm very proud of it, and I hope. I hope that people enjoy as much as I enjoyed making it, you know? Oh, dude, I, I definitely enjoy it. I know a lot of people are, are enjoying it. So what's, what's the thing that, so you put this, you put off my chest out towards the end of 2019. Yeah, it was September of last yeah. year. Yeah. So what's the, what's the plan for new music? So I've got a waiting? new single. Um, it should be back from mixing and mastering within the next week or two. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for that. Um, it's a song I wrote with, Tyler Chambers and Bryce Malden. Oh, love uh, those. Called, yeah, love those they're guys. great guys. Yeah. Um, it's called Good Old Boys Girl, and uh, I'm super excited about it. Um, it's it's definitely a summer jam. It's just a window. You roll your windows down, crank it up. You know, just feel it. it just to me, it reminds me of like we were talking about riding those dirt roads. Roll your windows down. 
you know, have have some breeze blowing in your arms, that kind of thing, and uh, maybe a pretty lady beside you. So I don't yeah. know, whatever the case may be, but it's just a it's just a feel good song about you know my type of girl, I guess uh, you could say. And um, I wrote it with, like I said, Tyler and, and Bryce, and Tyler brought the idea to the room, and I'm I'm really excited to get the song out there. I was. I was planning on hopefully getting it out a little earlier this summer, but you know how things work Everything's, in Nashville. Yeah, well, the way things work in Nashville, yeah. but, but also what's going on right now. Yeah, it's so, a complete just clusterfuck. It like, is. Nobody knows what the hell's going but on. But at the same time, there's so much liberty, even with like Muscadine, like putting out work tapes and stuff like that. Like we just have, as artists, we also now have a little more liberty to do things that typically you wouldn't do. Yeah. Like they probably would have, I mean, not to say they would never put out work tapes, but like they would probably put out finished products because they've been in the studio or whatever the case may be. But yet this crazy time allows them to do something a little different and, you know, spend more time on organic stuff. So it's, it's cool, man. But yeah, I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready to get more music. If I could put out a new song every month, I would, but yeah. it just, it don't quite work like that. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah. The country industry ain't what SoundCloud rappers, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, yeah, I mean, you think out. about it, start to finish, it's very rare that you write a song and it's out before two years. I mean, like most songs you hear are, you know, a couple years old. I mean, all of, I mean, a lot of Luke's songs he wrote when he first moved to town. Yeah. And now are just now becoming number one. So um it's that's just the way it works. Yeah, no, man, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so another thing I wanted to ask you, um, real quick. Your favorite food places to eat in Nashville? Because you've been in town for a while, so you and Tyler could probably talk more about this. Like you've you've been around the block, so you've seen Nashville kind of Boom. Yeah, I've been here for two years, so I'm still relatively new. But where are some where are some of your spots? Do you like to well, I'm going to disappoint you at first because the the place I love going to most was a place called Ten Sixteen T E N N Sixteen, and it was at Five Points. Uh, it was right in between, like what is that Three Crow? What was that bar? I think I Three think Crow right. and Five Points Pizza. It was right there on that yeah. little strip. And it was a Louisiana-influenced restaurant. I, I would describe it as a glorified sports bar. Like, you walk in, they still have, like, the center bar with the TVs. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, it feels a little nicer. Like, you can still, we can still be casual like this going in there, but it's not just your 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 typical, like, sports bar or whatever. And, you know, you could get some gumbo. And I'll tell you what, they had this apple bourbon glazed pork chop <laughs> to die for. I'm telling you. And for some reason, I don't know if something shady went on, but they just kind of closed out of nowhere. And so I don't know what happened, but um, I'm a little disappointed about that. But that was – so you can't go eat there. But that was that yeah. was one of my favorite restaurants. Um, I don't know, man. I love Edley's Barbecue. You're an Edley's guy? Okay. I am an Edley's guy. Uh, See, he's not he's – a Martin, he's a Martin's guy. I've only had Martin's once, so I think I need yeah. to keep revisiting it. So I used to live – I live in East Nashville now, and so I'm close to Edley's there. And then I also lived in Berry Hill, which I was right around the corner from the 12th South location. So yeah. I think that had a lot to do with it, and I love banana pudding. That's like they do. I, they do have a really good banana pudding. Edley's has some I'll of the say, best banana pudding yeah, I've had. Yeah. In Nashville. See, yeah. I can't have banana pudding. Oh, okay. I've got like something with potassium. Like yeah. it could send me into aphid. Yeah, don't eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not trying to eat bananas right now. But um, my thing is like the consistency of Edley's isn't there for me. Yeah. Well, like, I need. I definitely need to give Martin's another shot. But yeah. I will say they're a banana pudding. If you're a banana pudding fan, I know that's definitely a southern thing, which I come to learn. Like I thought everybody liked banana pudding, but apparently that's just like a southern dish. Um, maybe it's acquired taste. I don't know. But they have. It's good. Um, Are you a hot chicken guy? I am. How, I do. how hot do you get? Because you're you're from Louisiana. Like y'all do the real hot. Y'all are where the hot sauce comes from. I do, but I also like to enjoy my food. So I like spicy, obviously, but I don't want it so spicy where I can't, like, my nose is running. You don't want it to be, like, a challenge. No. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I've eaten some really, really hot crawfish in my life with all that cayenne pepper and all that stuff. And, yeah, it was, it was cool to say I did it. But at the same time, there's there's that delicate balance between flavor and just, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this is so this is so spicy. I cannot enjoy it because my nose is running i can't breathe anymore like that's like whenever it comes allergy season around here i'll make me up the hottest pot i can of jambalaya oh, and i'll yeah. just sit here and like you know i'll be crying my nose will be running and i'll be like <laughs> you know doing all that kind of stuff just trying to like get through it just to like clear my head so i don't have headaches all the time yeah i'm telling you man but uh i do i mean i've tried most of the the hot chicken restaurants around here and it's good but honestly What's your favorite one so i Believe it or not, I still haven't been to Prince's. I need to go there. I haven't um, either. But. but I heard that it's the original, and that's the one you yeah. need to go to. I haven't been there. I mean, I liked Hattie B's. It was great, but I'm not going to wait two hours to eat that hot chicken. No. Um, there's actually a place in East Nashville called Pepper Fire. 
Um, fresh good. And it's really good. Um, it's kind of like this, you wouldn't even know it's there. I mean, it's like in this little bitty strip thing. And But uh, it was right on the corner from my house. I was like, I'll try it. And they had those big, like, crinkle fries. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really good. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm more of, like, somewhere in the middle. I don't want it mild, but I don't want it super See, hot. My key to it now is I get it as a sandwich. I'll go to Ooh, pa- yeah. I like party foul a lot. Oh, that, that t- I forgot about that. They have really he good hot chicken, me on too. The, he turned me on the party foul. Because he's the guy that's taking me to every freaking, he knows every fucking Mexican restaurant within, a thir- within like a five-mile radius of. If you want a Mexican restaurant, restaurant, I can tell you one that you can be in. <laughs> I'm going to Cilantro tonight on uh, 8 South. Cilantro's or I guess, good. I guess Franklin. Yeah. I think yes. Cilantro's honestly like, it's one of the ones I'll eat at, but it's probably like my least favorite to eat at. Yeah. But I, I prefer that style of Mexican food versus like a Chewy's. Like I don't yeah, like I hate Chewy's. I don't like Texas. I haven't been to Chewy's because I haven't heard one I haven't heard people that like it. Everybody tells me don't go to Chewy's. It's just it's a different it's not it's not like authentic, authentic Mexican food. It's which Tex-Mex. which which cilantro is not either, probably. I mean, when no. it comes to like real authentic Mexican food, but it's more of a Tex Mex style of, yeah. of Mexican food. And I like also down the only south where me and Matt go. In fact, where we started this podcast at. And Las, like, Palmas? Yeah. Las Palmas. Oh, come Las Palmas on now. is the And the, yeah. the 8th South one is the only one I'll go to. Oh, and the, where the Kroger or wherever it is? Yeah. 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 liquor store right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't even know it's there. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's so good, dude. That's like my go to usually. Oh, yeah. That one, there's out one out on. Uh, by the airport called mm-hmm. Jalisco's. Oh yeah, and it's that was like the OG spot that I went to, and then there's one out in West Nashville. I used to live out there, and it's called Tequilas. Yeah, have you been to Monel's? Uh, oh my gosh, you I haven't. Still haven't been. So I, do you have you done like the meet and three thing yet? Yes. Okay, so like Arnold's and some of that stuff. So Monel's is over there. Off of, I believe it's... There's a few of them now. Thompson. Yeah. Um, over there where, like, all the recording studios are, Guitar Center, yeah. it's on that, it's on so that that's strip. that's the cafe. That's yeah, so that's cafe. like that's like you go, like, a plate lunch style. Right. Um, like, I've you're actually, back, like, you're back in school. Right, like, I've actually yeah. done the one where it's, like, Thanksgiving dinner. You sit down at a big table and you yeah. pass around, and which is like, cool. That's the one that's out by the airport, and, like, you literally, it's a big manor, and you go down, and there's eight seats at a table, and if there's the three of us, they're gonna sit five uh, random. And you got to put your phone up. If you have your phone out, they'll tell you to leave. They really will. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So it's old because school. it's like well, they want it's you to have style. They want you to have the real experience of like sitting down, yeah. even with the strangers, and just like just being present. And, and like, like you got to have table manners. Like you got you pass. You, you literally they'll bring out. I'd, I'd they'll be, bring out like uh, I'd, I'd be so screwed. Oh, in the south, in New York, I I cuss like a sailor. Uh, well, I'm all, I mean, it's not like yeah. like you can cuss, but you know, like they'll bring out appetizers and you grab a roll and you pass it to your left and you you know like you grab a scoop. Like it's like you're at Thanksgiving dinner. It's it's a really cool experience. You need to do, it. but you need to be prepared for a nap afterwards. Oh, oh yeah, because it'll put it'll put you down. Well, what's what what do they do? They do like a turkey like well, Thanksgiving just, dinner. It's just or like, like it's like Southern cooking. So like all the Louisiana foods are comfort foods, and right. me personally, I don't. I don't really eat Louisiana food till it starts cooling down because they're just so heavy. Like everything's like soup and rice and like all this stuff. And in the wintertime, it's perfect. But you eat a big old pot of gumbo during the summertime, you're going to need to like sit down, take a break for a while, take a nap. It's like, honestly, it's like kind of drinking like bourbon in the summer. Right. It's like you got to kind of take a break during the summer from bourbon and right. stuff like that. Because like you're literally like I was out on the river last weekend or two weekends ago now. And, like, I had some bourbon with me, and I drank some. And literally, dude, like, I was sitting there, and I was just sweating. Like, it was already it was 4 a.m., and oh, it was yeah. freaking there's, 90 there's degrees. A, there's a reason people drink bush light in the yeah, summer. There's some like, yeah, ice-cold like, beard in the summertime that yeah. just There's works. a reason also that people drink a lot of lagers in the winter, and they drink a lot of, like, pills and right. lighter. Wheat That's how Louisiana beers. food is, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got crawfish in the spring, and you got gumbo and jambalaya. And I've actually... So you need to try pastalaya too. So it's the same thing as jambalaya. That sounds delicious. It's the same thing as jambalaya, but instead of rice, they use pasta, and it's so good. It's okay. like a, you had me at pasta, New uh, York, because I, I penne vodka and all the pasta dude, shit. So That's I what think I that would be on. more up your your okay. alley. Pa- it's pastalaya. Yeah, he likes jambalaya whenever I cook. Oh it. yeah, so I enjoy same, jambalaya. It's the same thing except they use pasta instead of uh, rice as yeah. the, the base of it. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, no, I I. Thoroughly enjoy Cajun food. Have you ever had like some of the other Cajun spots here in town? Uh, like where? Like Bros. I don't Cajun. think I've ever. I, I'm bros always is over on uh Charlotte. We need to go. I'm always super hesitant about going to Louisiana foods just because yeah, I'm like, I, I man, welcome, bros. Welcome, you, know, you know, you're 
I, but everybody tells me, oh, I found the best pizza spot like, in Nashville. I'm like, I'm like, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. I'll tell you what. I do love, what do you think about Five Points? I like it. So to me, that is probably the closest or one of the closest you can get to like a true New York style. That and uh, the one that I'll take them to a lot is, uh, shoot, it's over there. Uh, God, what is it called? Two Boots. Yeah, where they had the big floppy all the hip, slices. All the hipster, all the East Nashville yeah. hipster guys are in there with the glasses. They look like the Hanson brothers from yeah, uh, so over there in Midtown. Otherwise, that, yeah. it's like Little Caesars, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, come on, man! Like, yeah. See, I'm used to going to a place and like you walk in. Even like the delis are like this, where you walk in, it's people at the counter, but there's like 30 different kinds of pizza just sitting there, and you point at it and say, "I'll take a slice of that. I'll take a slice yeah. of that." It's two, close to what two boots two, is. Two, yeah, two, two slices for six bucks. You get a coke with it, and you're good yeah. to go. Yeah. I mean, Two Boots actually started in New York City. Like, it's Did a they? New York chain. That was, I'm pretty sure that was probably one of the first pizza joints I ever went to. I oh, mean, yeah. we used to yeah. go out in Midtown all yeah. the time, and uh, back when, you know, bars were a thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, at 2 a.m., and you're a, little, you're a little sideways, you just walk across the street and grab a couple slices. You call it soda, pop? Do you say a Coke? Probably Coke more than anything. Yeah. Um, you just say it. Now, you, I, like, I will, do, you, will you Like, will you call, if, if, you, if you say, can I get a Coke, and they give you I, a Sprite, will you say something? I've definitely broken the habit of that. Um, when just, I live back home, and you say, yeah, I want a Coke, and they're like, what kind? You're like, uh, I'll take a Dr. Pepper. You know, which is, <laughs> it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. And I've definitely broken that habit, but I've never called it like soda or pop, you know. Um, maybe soda, maybe, but I've pop, no, I don't I think that's, I don't think that's the thing. I'm learning all these southern things. I'm I'm getting a crash course. Well, you know, we we talk so slow by nature, and so I think we just naturally take shortcuts on everything. Um, you know, because we you know we don't we don't say a lot of words at once. So it's like we got to take our shortcut to get our point across, right? Was moving to Nashville um, an interesting thing for you because Nashville is such a bigger city? Man, actually, Monroe Monroe's kind Monroe's a city. Yeah, so it's a the, smaller city, the, but it's Mon- a city. the Monroe area. So I grew up in West Monroe, which is across the river. It's actually a, a different city, um, which I had to like tell people that because like I live in East Nashville, but East Nashville is not a city. Like it's no. just it's just a direction. Whereas right. West Monroe is actually a city, um, and so West Monroe is more of like the country part of that area, and then Monroe is more of a city feel. But like the whole Monroe area, I mean, it probably has what hundred thousand people in that whole area and suburbs and everything. So it's not. It's not super small. I mean, I grew up on the outskirts, kind of in the country area, but, you know, it's it really wasn't the biggest transition as I thought it would be, you know, because I'd never lived in the big city. I really never got out of northeast Louisiana. Um, I went to college locally. But I, the way I look at Nashville, it's it's a big city. It's a small town to, uh, disguised as a big city, I guess is the right way to say it, um, because – especially in the music circle, everything's, you know, this big. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's small. Um, and everyone's still, for the most part, I, I mean, we, you always meet jerks in your life, but like everyone's still super friendly and still feels like that, you know, Southern hospitality or People whatever. People still wave down here. Back yeah. home, it was weird. When I was, when I was up in Jersey, I was like riding, I was like just hanging out on the, in the, in the driveway with my cousin and people were driving by and I was waving at him. And I thought one of them was, somebody was going to get out of the car and fight me. Cause they were like, why the fuck are you waving at me? Like people just don't have that niceness. Like they still have that niceness here. It's, you don't lose the Southern in Nashville. It's just weird because like, especially when I was living with some, with some friends from St. Louis, we go to the grocery store and, uh, like I, I go through and I would like strike up conversations with strangers or whatever. How you doing? Hey there. And like, yeah. and it's just like that to me. That was pretty normal. And they're like, "What are you doing? Why are you talking to the, like, why are you talking to like strange people? Like, you don't know them. I'm like, I don't know. I could. I mean, I could be friends with them yeah. or something. You know." Yes. And and my dad did that growing. I used to hate it growing up. But I, the more, I, the older I get, the more and more I turn into my dad. I used to hate it because he would. <laughs> we could never go anywhere without like if you want to go to the grocery store get a loaf of bread, you're gonna be there an hour and a half because he's gonna yep. find somebody he knows. He's gonna talk and like he's gonna get mad at me because I'm gonna be pulling on a shirt or whatever. And, and you know he's trying to you know. But the older I get, I'm like man, like I'm turning into that. I enjoy a good conversation now, like just catching up with people. And you know, as a kid, you don't really see that kind of stuff but i mean i was used to doing that but i remember uh i don't know it was probably i was probably three three and a half years into being in the town i was still in college and i remember like there's a lot of like local guys and stuff like that but i was part of like some of like the broadway and like some of those people still right that scene like not supposed to be but i was and uh they were like it finally happened, guys. I was walking down the sidewalk, and I acknowledged somebody. I said, hey, and they just kept looking down, and they're like, 
got a New York attitude. What the hell's happening to this town? <laughs> well, the way I look at it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like life in the South majority, it just, life moves pretty slow. Like, no one's really in a hurry for anything. Whereas, like, if you go to somewhere like New York City, people just have such a goal-driven attitude, like, on the next, do this, this, this. They're not concern it's not that they're being rude it's just like they're go 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 and they got a one they, they're on this one track and then it's like they're just not used to like stopping and especially in like the city and just like talking to strangers it's just not like a thing and i don't think it has anything to do with them i mean obviously there are jerks but like i just don't think it has anything to do with they don't want to it's just like they just it's just like a go 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 we, we mentality. Have a, we, have, we have a sense of urgency, right? We have a, we're, we, and we're we don't. On, we're on a mission. Oh, that's that's a better way. Sense good, of urgency. That's what good, I was trying the, to get the, to. The Nashville goodbye. Like if you're going out with your friends, and it drove me nuts when I first got down here. <laughs> then I just stopped giving a fuck about it. So I it's Irish I just goodbye. Everybody. Well, not well. No, it's well. That's how I would do it. Right. But like down here, it's like make your to, rounds to and... get to get from Live Oak to Tin Roof takes like 15, 20 minutes because <laughs> you bump into somebody on the little walk, yeah. and then somebody else walks up, yeah. and then there's a dog. And then there's this, and then there's that. Yeah, we we just, I don't know, man. It's just that's. It was funny, like being back home and all, and like I was working with some buddies on a project and everything, and I'd be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be there at four. Okay, yeah, I'll be there. Four thirty-five rolls around. Hey, man, where are you at? Oh, dude, I just I took a shower, like went and got some food. <laughs> that's my. What's McCall call, calling me? I had to talk to him for a minute. So like, yeah, I'm I'm on my way now. How long are you gonna be? Ah, oh, probably another ten twenty minutes. 30 minutes yeah, later, they finally hour. roll up, and you're like, dude, it's like an hour late. Like, we could have got a lot done. And, like, it's one of those things, like, living here, and, like, right. I've always been like that. Like, I've always been somebody that's, like, if I'm going to be 15 minutes early, like, I start getting anxious because, like, I want to be, like. Now, I am an early bird. I, yeah. I'm, I've, my high school coach always told me, if you're five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. What sport did you play? I played baseball and football. Um, I'm, I mean, looking at me, I'm, I'm not really a football type, but I, I mean, I did play in high school, but baseball was more of my thing in high school. What position? Center field. Ooh, oh, so you yeah. were running. I used to be fast, man. I don't know what happened. Which actually, I tell you what, over quarantine, I started running again. So we, so the high school I went to, Western High School, was the biggest high school in the state, and sports wise, they were probably the best high school in the state, and it was like a, a dang military camp. I mean, like. Summer times, I'm seven a.m. three four days a week. We're we're working. I mean, like it was it was pretty hardcore. And, so and, and it's hot as shit. It's hot, <laughs> it's and, and that's hot. not only is it hot, it's muggy. It's muggy, like, and that was probably another reason. Besides, they want to keep us out of trouble for staying out all night. This is the reason why they got us up so early. But it was also so hot. But you know, I just. Once I got done with high school, I'd worked out so hard for so long. I mean, I've been doing it since middle school, and I was like, man, I just kind of swore it off. And, you know, I'd you know, i exercise here and there, but I just I was never really interested. And I've actually gotten kind of back into it, and it's been kind of my way of, of escaping a little bit. It's just just kind of getting out and freeing my mind. and Because, you know, I have a tendency to just, like, think about things, like, all the time. It's like something about getting out and just even going for a walk or something. It's It's really helped, and, you know, I've – I, my writing's starting to improve a little more since quarantine, um, just because I just, I just taking some time for myself, you know, and really hit that reset button, and you know, yeah. it, and like something like I was back in the gym whenever I was out in Texas and some stuff, and like something I realized is like being a football, like I played four sports in high school, and being like that type of athlete, like right. you're always working out, always, and you're always doing like set things to like gain muscle, gain weight, right. like. You know, like I was a little bit smaller dude in high school, but I was trying to fill a lineman's shoe. So I was on a weight gain program yeah. for years. And like it finally caught up and like I had to have a shoulder surgery and probably gained a little bit too much weight at the time because I was still eating like I was working yeah, out. Yeah, you have to adjust. You yeah, know? and I didn't. But then like trying to work out all these years afterwards, that's my mindset is go hard in the yeah. gym, do your job, like do your work. Don't cheat a set, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, like, going back to the gym this time, I was like, instead of trying to do what I was doing in high school, I'm going to do, like, stupid low weight. Like, I was doing a lot of machines, so I was going right. to – I'm going to do, like, 40 pounds, and I'm just going to do, you know, three to five sets of 20. And if I start feeling a little weak, I'm going to stop. Yeah. And I'm going to go do something <laughs> yeah. else. I'm telling you, dude, the older you get, it's just, like – 
your body just don't respond like it used to. And even though your mind is still there, it's like, yeah. I can still, what are you talking about? I can still do everything I do. I probably better than I did when I was 18, but yeah. in reality, it's like, no. there ain't no way. Like, <laughs> like I, I would doing... be able to walk for a week if I tried to squat 400 pounds. Right yeah, yeah, no, I feel, I feel that. <laughs> but I was doing all that stuff, and like, I'd always feel like sore afterwards, like, but it was a good sore. Right. Like, I could still operate. Right. I wasn't pulling muscles. Yeah. Like, I was, I was doing Ugh. it healthily. And I was also like actually stretching and stuff like that before because, you know, like in high school, it's like seventh period, and you got an hour to work out. Like the coach is like, "All right, like get in there," right? And you're going from nothing to bench pressing, you know, one forty five, and yeah, you know, you definitely got to take precautions now. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's been yeah. nice to just kind of get that habit back a little bit. You know, I'm I'll never be as hardcore. You know, I'm I mean I'm a I'm a skinny dude. Like I would have if I ever wanted to like really you know, look like Riley Green or somebody like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it would become a job for me. Like, I, I would have to, like, you know, I just – that's not my body type. And so I just – honestly, I just do it. It just helps free my mind and, you know, physically – If you, the more physically active you are, I think everything else kind of falls in place. So it's been nice to kind of hit the reset button and get back into that a little bit. That's good. I think a lot of people have been doing that, man. Yeah. And 2020, we just got to try to make lemonade out of these shitty Corona lemons oh, that we've been dealt. But I know, it sounds right? like you're making the most of it, and uh, I'm looking forward to this this new new song that you're going to be getting. Yeah, back to me too, man. I'm I'm excited about it. So hopefully, over the next month. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when you guys are putting this podcast out. This will be this will be out um, two weeks from us recording it. So this will be out okay. on Monday, the what? Bojo, August third. Yeah, August third. August 3rd. Okay, so I, I'm my game plan is to for sure get it out in August. Okay. So, um, and that's all subject to change. But hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you'll be able to just click a button and go go check it out. Yeah. So. Well, we always wrap this up with our guests playing a song. Yeah. We have we have a guitar over here. Are you cool playing a song? Yeah. For us? Let's do it. You want you want to play this new one? I can do that, or I can go back to the leaving Louisiana. Whatever, 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 whatever you want to play. What are you more comfortable singing right now? I don't know. What is that guitar tuned in? Is that just standard tuning? Uh, I think it's drop D. Okay. Well, here, let, let's just, let's just, you know, let me just pick it up and uh, see what happens. So while, while Steven's picking up the guitar, um, guys, thank you again for listening to the In the Round. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the In the Round podcast. Um, always a blast. Uh, Boudreaux, another fucking good one. Yeah, dude. Steven, where, are they, where can they find you? So. Uh, one stop shop is stephenpaulcountry.com. That's my website. So it'll have all my socials. But like Instagram is Stephen Paul Music, which is where I'm probably most active. So if you need to reach me uh, via message or something like that, that's probably the best place to do it. I'm not very good at Twitter. It's Stephen Paul on Twitter. But um, and then Facebook is Stephen Paul Country. Um, but I'm the most active on Instagram. So if you want to see the most pictures or videos or whatever, be the best yeah. way to get in touch and, with me. Any Stephen Paul fans out there, me and Boudreaux can attest to it because we're rocking them now. Kids got some great merch. Oh, yeah. Kids you got, got some, some nice great merch. Koozies. They got the new swag. Co- koozies um, and, dude, like and how hats. The L has the guitar head stock in it. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll yeah. tell you what, I had that. So, little side story. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if we're running out of time. No, you're but, fine. You know, you're good. My uh, my old roommates, they used to own the ultimate professional Frisbee team here in Nashville. No shit. They were called the Nashville Night Watch. Um, but I say that to say the guy that designed their logo, I don't even know where he's based out of. This had to be back in 2015 or 16. Um, I, they He did their logo, and I was like, man, that's awesome. And so I reached out. I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm a new country singer, and – or whatever, and he sent that to me, uh, and that's, you know, we've used it ever since, so it's, yeah. it's kind of stuck. Hell yeah. So make sure you guys jump on there, support our man, uh, Stephen Paul. Um, absolutely crushing it, man. Um, we love the EP, and uh, we can't wait for new music to be coming out and all that. Make sure you guys follow along with us at Matt Burrill and at Just a Wandering Tyler. Now, without further ado, here's our buddy Stephen Paul with Good Old Boys Girl. Y'all have been listening to the In the Round podcast. Hey y'all, Stephen Paul. This one's called Good Old Boys Girl. If she don't go a day without calling of her mama, never been a stranger to a cane pulling bobber as her own recipe for sweet iced tea. If she's coffee in the morning. Whiskey after seven Folds her hands and prays Like she's standing up in heaven You know a girl like that I can guarantee She's got her hand Out the window 
mile Covering up the speed on the dash And he's holding on to the other Can't believe he got her Ain't letting go of something like that Something so good Something so right Yeah, I bet you every farm On the edge of this world That she's a good old boy's girl I bet he don't go a day without Telling her he loves her That she's his world And he ain't never gonna let her go Right now, I bet he's pulling her clothes. Hey. She's got her hand out the window of a Chevy with a smile. Covering up the speed on the dash. And he's holding on to the other. Can't believe he got her. Ain't letting go of something like that. Something so good. Something so right. Yeah, I bet you every farm on the edge of this world that she's a good old boy's girl guitar solo right now I bet they're riding off into that sunset and he's loving on her long as that road is red She's got her hand out the window of a Chevy with a smile Covering up the speed on the dash And he's holding on to the other Can't believe he got her Ain't letting go of something like that Something so good Something so right Yeah, I bet you every form on the edge of this world That she